Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 538, To Air is Human. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. I'm excited to have purchased tickets for Rogue One, a Star Wars story today. And I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I talk about the challenges of parenting. Well, happy Monday. Welcome back to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, or if this is your first time hitting that play button, thanks for joining us for today's episode. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. I'm so glad that you have tuned in, and I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, For those of you who aren't in the United States and didn't celebrate it this weekend, I hope you had a great weekend, and whatever you did, I hope it was a lot of fun. And I want to also encourage you, if you missed the episode that aired on Thanksgiving Day, which would be episode 536, please go check that out. It's a really good episode. It's from a guest host, Scott Drone Silvers, who's a long-time listener and member of the Golden Spiral Media community with a very powerful and special message. And so please go check that out if you happen to have missed that episode that we released on Thanksgiving Day. Well, again, thanks for tuning in today for this episode. Let's get today kicked off with our fun fact of the day. Now, I mentioned Star Wars uh, or Rogue One, a Star Wars story tickets went on sale today, and I was able to get mine just after midnight this morning. It was tough, though. Boy, let me tell you. But as I was putting this episode together, I thought, hmm, I wonder if anyone has ever done any research on how much it would actually cost to build a Death Star. And what do you know? The great folks over at Twizzle did that. You can find the link over in our show notes, it's, but it's uh, twizzle.co.uk. And they sharpened up their pencils and crunched some numbers for us. And here's what they came up with. It's believed that the Death Star was made from steel with an estimation based upon it having a similar density to that of a modern warship such as the HMS Illustrious. So the Death Star would require about 1.08 quadrillion tons of steel for protection. Yeah, that's 1 comma 080 tons of steel. At today's rate of steel production, which is 1.3 billion tons annually, it would take 833,315 years to produce enough steel to even begin the build. Wow. <laughs> the estimated cost of the steel needed to build the Death Star is 852 quadrillion. Now, I did all those zeros for you a moment ago. I won't do them again for you this time, but 852 quadrillion and In case you're wondering, that equates to around 13 times the entire world's GDP. Yeah. Sending things into space doesn't come cheap. It's about a cost of $20,000 per kilogram. So, the cost of sending the Death Star into space would be in the region of 21.6 quintillion. 
21.6 quintillion. That is 21 comma 600 comma 000 comma 000 comma 000 comma 000 comma 000. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And lastly, the total cost to build a Death Star, 22.452 quintillion. And that does not include armament, tractor beams, communication equipment, and all the other stuff. So is it possible to build a Death Star? Well, I guess technically yes, but also remember in, in Star Wars, a few factors here. Number one, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So I don't know if these numbers, you know, are factoring in inflation for what would have been a long time ago. And, of course, uh, in the Star Wars world, uh, you know, you have all these other planets and species and everything that you can gather resources from. So makes it a little bit more, you know, doable when you're not just trying to pull all the resources from one planet. and. Uh, yeah, but still, pretty fascinating, isn't it? All right, well, you know what else is fascinating? Your stories. That's right, your stories are fascinating. We're down to five, count them, five Friday forums left before we uh, punch the uh, card on this podcast and send it off into retirement. And I would truly be honored if you would submit a Friday forum contribution before all is said and done. And it's your opportunity to share your life, your stories, the things that you're learning and the things that you've learned with me and all the other listeners. And you can do that by calling 304-837-2278 or by heading over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. Now, here's what I learned yesterday. On the floor in front of us was a folding game board. Printed on the board was the layout of a mansion. Each room of the mansion was labeled with names like study, kitchen, conservatory, billiard room, and lounge. Scattered around the mansion were various items with which one could commit murder. In fact, someone had been murdered. I, along with my wife Carrie and our two kids Addison and Colby, were each challenged with being the first to piece together the clues and determine where the murder was committed, which weapon was used, and who performed the diabolical act? We each took turns rolling the die and scooting our way across the board and into the nearest room so we could begin gathering clues. Addie was the first to get to a room and put together a guess. Surprisingly, none of the rest of us could offer her a clue. Well, Addie's excitement immediately skyrocketed as she realized she was on the cusp of solving the mystery in record time. She quickly made her final guess and opened up the envelope in the middle of the game board that revealed the details of the crime. Her excitement quickly fizzled out when she realized that she'd overlooked one of the cards in her own hand. And just like that, she was eliminated from the game. Well, Addie's very competitive, but not always the best sport, whether she wins or loses. Each night, I have a high-five contest with my kids. When she wins, well, she often has a snide comment for Colby. When she loses, she most certainly has a snide comment for him. So, when she got an early exit from our family game night, her sportsmanship was not good. 
There was no one to blame but herself, but to her, the game was suddenly unfair. This did not sit well with me. I get very frustrated with her poor sportsmanship, and I've grown weary of having conversations with her about it. If I'm being totally honest, I don't know which frustrates me more. Her lack of growth in this area, or my feeling of ineptitude about not being able to teach her better. Colby went on to win that game, and we played again. And I won. And then we moved on to Pictionary, where Colby and I teamed up against Addie and Carrie. And I found myself getting snippy with Colby as he would sometimes draw with the perspective facing him, and sometimes draw with the perspective facing me. So I couldn't figure out which end was up. And when I couldn't figure out what he was drawing, he would just draw an arrow and point to the main part of the drawing and wave his arms around like, I should be able to understand that suddenly because he drew a bigger arrow. And that, of course, didn't help. And then I got frustrated with Addie about the way she was complaining during the game. And finally, Carrie had had enough and told me that I was the one that needed to calm down and stop complaining. And she was right. Now, I know these are simple things that happen in every family. We have a lot of fun when we spend time together, and conflict, of course, is normal. Maybe I'm putting too much pressure on myself, but I want my kids to be strong, healthy adults. I want them to have a good work ethic and appreciate all they have. Understand that we don't always get what we want. Give to others out of love and compassion. Have a strong relationship with God. And look at things with a positive perspective. I know their lives will be better if they understand these things, but they'll also make the world a better place if they keep these things as foundational components to their lives. I want what's best for them. So when I don't see them demonstrating these things, well, I get upset. Again, I'm probably more upset with myself than I am with them. Friday afternoon, we had Thanksgiving dinner with my in-laws. After lunch was done and everyone had a chance to sit around and chat for a while, my mother-in-law made her way to the kitchen to clean up the dishes. Without being asked or prodded in any way, Addie stepped up to the sink and began helping. A few minutes later, one of my nephews saw the fun they were having, and he decided to help too. A bit later, my father-in-law asked Colby to follow him to the back bedroom. A few minutes later, Colby emerged with a Disney Infinity Marvel Superheroes game for the Xbox. Later, as we were driving home, we asked Colby about it. He said that his grandpa picked up the game and wanted to give it to Colby now instead of waiting for Christmas. Colby told us how shocked he was because the game isn't cheap. He said that he repeatedly asked his grandpa if he was sure that he wanted to give him such an expensive gift and then thanked him over and over again. Here's what I learned. A few months ago, I had a conversation with some of the folks at church. And most of the people in that conversation have kids that are grown and have kids of their own. The discussion was about how challenging the task of parenting is. One of the men spoke up and said that it's all worth it when your kids reach adulthood, have kids of their own, and return to you one day to tell you that they understand why you did the things you did and thank you for what you taught them. 
One of the other men spoke up and said that he had no idea what that was like. His kids never told him that. As you can imagine, it got a bit silent and even awkward at that point. But I think it's a good representation of the reality that we face as parents. We do our best to teach our kids right and wrong, to love one another, to make a positive contribution to society, and to work hard. We discipline them, protect them, do our best to lead them down the best path we can, and equip them to make sound decisions on their own. And if I'm honest, I hope that one day my kids thank Carrie and I for the job that we've done. And even if they don't thank us with their words, I hope that they thank us with the actions that they take. But my kids aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. I have made and will continue to make mistakes as their father, and they will make mistakes even in situations where they've clearly been taught a better way. It's what we do. As Alexander Pope said, to err is human. However, Alexander Pope's quote doesn't end there. The fuller quote is, to err is human, to forgive, divine. So what I'm learning is that I need to breathe and let things go. Allow myself and others to make mistakes. Give grace and forgiveness more readily. Remember that mistakes bring growth. And perhaps most of all, take a good look at my kids and appreciate the beautiful people they have already become. I'm Daryl Darnell, and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. Join the Stuff I Learned Yesterday Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you would share this podcast with a friend.